Hi, this is Chaz. When I want to listen to a show with practical information from an everyday guy who can't carry a cop just like me, I listen to my good friend Bob Main. Now on with the show. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 598 of the Handgun World Podcast. This is a practical show done by a practical guy. That is me. Thanks for tuning in folks. I know that there are a lot of podcasts out there. There are a lot of YouTube channels out there that you can watch, that you can listen to. You're spending your time with me. I thank you very much and I'm going to do the best job I can to create some value for your time. So, have infringements gone too far on the Second Amendment? As you know, it says, shall not be infringed in the Second Amendment. Have they gone too far? In this video and in this podcast, I am going to talk about this. The first 15 minutes of this episode is on YouTube. You can watch that. And I just wanted to mention that this show is sponsored by Keeper's Concealment the leading authority in appendix carry holsters. Check them out if you need appendix carry gear. It's probably the most popular way to carry a handgun right now in the appendix carry position. That means that while you're carrying it, it basically sits right in front of your appendix. Some people would call that about 2 o'clock on, uh, on the scale there. So check them out, keepersconcealment.com. I've taken classes with Spencer Keepers. He's a great trainer as well, and you can find out about it. You get a 10% discount just by using the coupon code HANDGUNWORLD at checkout. One word, HANDGUNWORLD. That gives you a 10% discount, and they're also members of, or they're affiliates of CCW Safe. And there'll be a discount code in the show notes below this video and below the audio podcast for, to you, for you to use to get a discount on legal protection, which the way things are going today, I think legal protection is a very good idea. So did shall not infringed go too far? I think it did. So the purpose of this episode is to explain why I think it went too far. As you know, the Supreme Court they handed down two huge decisions last week. They handed down their decision on the handgun concealed carry case that was brought before them. And then, of course, the following day, they gave us the shocking and riveting decision about Roe versus Wade, which I, I want to talk a little bit about that. But I have another channel called Real Talk with Bob. And I'd like you to go over and subscribe to Real Talk with Bob. I'll put a link to the video and check out my most recent opinion about the uh, Supreme Court decision on Roe versus Wade. I bet you that what I talk about is something that you really haven't heard a lot of other people talk about. You know, a lot of people are losing their minds. People's heads are exploding. The people who are for 
abortions out there and they're like oh my god i can't believe what's happening you know we're going to have a tragic situation in the united states i don't think we're going to have a tragic tragic situation again i'm not going to take up this time but please check out the link in the bottom of this video because i am going to be linking to that episode and you can hear my opinions on that did infringement go too far in new york the Supreme Court said, yeah, the infringement upon a person's Second Amendment rights went too far. And they struck down the whole clause where the state of New York made you prove that you had a need to carry a gun. You had to prove to the government that you had a need to carry a gun. And that's not the way that it's supposed to work. You've got a Second Amendment right. That's what the keep and bear bear means you can carry that on your person that's what that's all about so the supreme court and clarence thomas basically wrote in the majority opinion that that's too much of a burden way too much of a burden that in all the other states out there that are called shall issue states as long as you meet a certain requirement and that is taking a class and a background check that New York should basically be like those states and all the other there's like six states in the country that have those onerous restrictions and then of course where I am in Texas we are now a constitutional carry state so as long as you are not a convicted felon and uh, 21 years of age you can carry a handgun and you don't need to ask the government for permission to carry your gun to exercise your second amendment rights there aren't very many rights where you have to ask permission to exercise your right and even when you do have to ask permission it's not a highly regulated and onerous uh burdensome restriction i had one person on facebook say to me well you know, you have to ask permission to drive a car. You have to get a license. and You have to ask permission from your government to vote because it means that you have to get registered. I don't think that those comparisons are the same as what New York was doing. You know, I don't have to prove that I have a need to vote. Okay, I have a, I got a right to vote. I don't have to prove that I need to do that. Um, you know, in some states, you don't have to have an ID to vote. That's a whole nother controversial subject. But in Texas, where I live, you have to have an ID. But as long as I got an ID, I don't have to prove to the government, hey, I have a need to vote. But that's what New York was doing. New York was making their citizens prove that they have a need to carry a gun. All right, so the Supreme Court struck that down. We know that. Here's some things I want to share with you, and I will link to this article. New York is not going to stand for the Supreme Court's decision. At least, they're going to try to defy it. One of the challenges that we have in our system of government here in America, one of the uh, weak parts, I think, of the Constitution is that it doesn't set up anything for enforcement. So what I mean by that is states could just ignore the Supreme Court's decision. They could just ignore it and say, you know what? Forget what you did, Supreme Court. We don't care. Even though if it was a six to three decision that you made, we don't care. We're going to do our own thing. 
What's to stop the state of New York from doing that? What is to stop the elected officials from doing that? And New York is already saying that. Uh, Mayor Adams, we are prepared to set an example and we will lead the country as to how to fight back on this decision. Okay? The governor, Governor Hochul, I think, is that how she pronounces her name? We have a whole lot of ideas, the governor said. Plans are already under a way to counter-effect the ruling. The governor is reportedly considering calling a special Democrat-led session of the legislature to show support for Mayor Adams. And she says, we cannot allow New York to become the Wild West. Well, you know, I got news for the governor of New York. It's not going to become the Wild West. In the other 40-something states, it hasn't become the Wild West. People said, oh my God, when Texas approved constitutional carry it's going to be shootout in texas just like in the movies it's not okay new york is not going to become the wild west but here's what the leaders in new york are saying the city council is looking for a workaround after the supreme court's decision reportedly looking at ways to add to the city's sensitive locations And the Supreme Court decision pretty much kind of left it open for them to use the sensitive locations clause or or let them at least declare places to be sensitive locations. So Albany, the capital of New York, the legislature wants to try to ban guns from government buildings, schools, hospitals, places of worship, parks, daycare centers, cemeteries, and a lot of other facilities and establish a thousand foot buffer around those sensitive places saying you can't carry a gun in that thousand foot area. So they're going to play this game, see, and they're going to defy it. And that's the problem. The Supreme Court can decide whatever they want, but who's going to stop states from defying the Supreme Court? I think the same thing's going to happen with the Roe versus Wade decision. The Supreme Court let it be up to the states. And uh, I'll put this a little bit in my other video, but I'm going to talk about it. They didn't really abolish abortion. A lot of people are saying that. All they did was leave it up to the states to decide what they want to do. Who's going to stop a state from defying the Supreme Court? Same with handguns. Who is going to make that decision to stop them? You know what? Nobody. And New York is going to make it as absolutely difficult to carry a gun as they possibly can. And they they are going to pretty much render the concealed handgun licenses of New York residents, they're going to render them useless. I like what the Supreme Court did. I like their decision. I'm a second, a huge, the biggest, one of the biggest Second Amendment advocates you're ever going to talk to or listen to. I'm also a realist. The Second Amendment community, we lost some ground with what the Senate did and the recent gun control that the Senate passed. And by the way, the 15 or 16 senators that voted for that, they all should lose their jobs, go out and vote. Unfortunately, 
I really think that states like New York and they're saying that they're going to lead the way on how to def- how to defy the Supreme Court. They want to defy the United States Supreme Court. My question is, why do we have the Supreme Court if if their decisions are not going to be enforced? It's their job to decide the constitutionality of the laws made by the legislature. In this case, they said it was not constitutional for New York to put such a huge onerous restriction on getting a handgun carry license. Okay, so they decided that. Great, we like that, right? Us Second Amendment advocates, yeah, we're saying victory. Be careful. I think it's a victory, but if the state of New York, like I'm reading here in this article, and I will link to it, and I've heard them on the news, if the state legislatures and leaders are going to come up with everything they can to defy the Supreme Court decision, and if they're successful in doing that, what kind of a victory did we really get? So if you live in the state of New York here in America, I think it's time now for you to get very vocal with your leaders, your mayors, your state reps, your state senators, your governor. Make them pay a political price. That's the only thing that's going to enforce what the Supreme Court just did and just decided is that they have to pay a political price. If they don't pay that political price, the Supreme Court's decision doesn't really mean much, does it? Because who's going to enforce it? The the district attorney? You really think that a liberal anti-gun DA uh, or attorney general, if they're liberal in these states, are going to really enforce the Supreme Court's decision? You really think they're going to do that? See, no one's paying consequences for ignoring decisions like this. I think it's time, and I'd like to hear your comments. What kind of consequences should be paid? Do you think that the state of New York and other states like this that are going to defy the Supreme Court order, do you think that they should pay a consequence? I do. But what is it? Give me some comments in the comment section. I'd like to hear what you have to say. For those of you listening to this audio podcast, you can leave a voicemail, 210-646-1727. You can email me, handgunworld at gmail.com. That's handgunworld at gmail.com. What do you think? I think these decisions are really only as good as the, the people who are willing to enforce it and what kind of a price are they going to pay i also want to remind you this episode is also sponsored by concealment solutions and uh, they make some fantastic holsters as a matter of fact um for this video i'll just go ahead and i'll show you uh this is my sig 365 xl and this is a concealment solutions outside the waistband holster i can conceal this extremely well and I'm carrying outside the waistband which is more comfortable and faster and everything by using one of their holsters so check them out there'll be a link in the show notes 
and the same discount code HANDGUNWORLD gets you a 10% discount at concealmentsolutions.com. What do you think? Are states going to be able to get away with defying the Supreme Court's excellent decision on the New York concealed handgun case? For those of you watching on video, thank you for watching. If you want to hear the rest of this episode in the show notes, there'll also be a link to my audio podcast. Thanks for watching. Okay, back with you for segment two. Uh, Please remember, folks, I'm just an everyday guy. You know, I'm not a constitutional scholar. I'm not a lawyer. I just kind of look at this from an everyday guy's perspective. I'm kind of like your neighbor next door, and I'm just having a conversation with you. So, this decision, we can call this a victory. But I also think it's a warning, in addition to the victory, it's a warning to the other states uh, out there that are not shall-issue states, that are may-issue states, that say, well, you know, we might issue you a permit if you can satisfy us. And there's, I believe there's six states that are that way that are still may-issue states. But we got to apply pressure. This, this fight has only begun. I get a real kick out of people that used to put on social media not too long ago. They used to say the gun control fight is over when things were going real good, right? The gun control fight is over. Well, look what Congress just did. Congress just passed some gun control and red flag laws and restrictions. So, no, the gun control fight is not over, ladies and gentlemen. It's not over by a long shot. It has just begun. So, I'm asking you, what are you going to do? Are you going to be getting in touch with your senator? Are you going to be getting in, into your touch with your with your House of Representative? Are you going to get in touch with your governor, your mayor, your sheriff, whoever? Whoever you have to contact, it's time to, for us to be huge, huge advocates. Um, I'm just, I'm a firm believer in that. And we have to be ad, activists, not just advocates, but we have to be activists. And I've said this before, and it seems like and I've been saying this for years, and it seems like a lot of states in the United States are are, are pretty much kind of seeing it my way. Not that I influenced them. <laughs> don't think that. I don't have that much influence, folks. I'm just, you know, I'm just an ordinary guy with, you know, several thousand people on the Internet that, that listen to me every week. But I'm not probably not somebody that politicians actually listen to. I doubt it. But. It is unconstitutional for a state to require you to have a concealed carry license. I've said this from when I first began this show in 2009, I started saying it. You should not need a license. You should not have to ask your government for permission and take a class and satisfy all the requirements. I can understand a background check, okay? Yeah, I can understand. You have to go through a background check. To get a license, uh, although in the constitutional carry states, you don't even need to have a background check. And what do we have, 42 or 43? I guess I could maybe tolerate a background check requirement, but not a class requirement. I don't think that you should be required to take training or to ask permission. 
We still have some states like that, though, that say, well, you have to satisfy us. And once you satisfy us, or at least meet the minimum requirements, well, then we'll allow you to take a, a course, and then we'll give you a license. But there's still going to be a whole bunch of sensitive places. And it's already kind of that way now. There's a lot of sensitive places, and that's what they say where they say you can't you can't carry. Let's be careful, and let's not try to let them expand that list. So... Pretty much this was my message for this week. It's rather short. That's okay. I like to keep things short and sweet whenever possible. And what do you think? Is this, was this a good decision? You're probably going to think it was a good decision, and so do I. Uh, and what, what I really like is it was 6-3 to three decision. It was not a narrow 5-4. to four. And, you know, for all of you who were criticizing Donald Trump, and you were talking about Trump's gun control. Listen, if Donald Trump had not put the three justices on that Supreme Court, this decision would have never happened. Neither would the decision on Roe versus Wade would not have happened if it were not for President Trump's three Supreme Court nominees. Be careful, I think. Be careful when you criticize Trump for being pro-gun control. A lot of people like to do that. It's unbelievable. We're never going to get everything we want, folks. You never get everything that you want out of your elected representatives. That's just never going to happen. So why don't you just realize that, that that's never going to happen. What you hope for is that you get somebody who is reasonable about the Second Amendment and about many other rights that we have in the Bill of Rights. We hope we get somebody reasonable and sensible as president to continue to nominate and put on the bench at the Supreme Court justices who believe in the United States Constitution, who are originalists, who believe that the Constitution should be interpreted as it was written and what the intent was at the time that it was written or when the amendments were ratified. That's what we want out of our political leaders. And we want senators who are going to confirm judges like that. And even in your states where you live, you want to vote for legislators who are going to be in favor of not only the United States Constitution, but your state constitution. I am a huge Tenth Amendment supporter, and I'm very, very happy with both of these decisions because both of them give more power to the states. In the recent New York handgun case, the Supreme Court said, look, New York, you need to be like the other states that offer concealed carry licenses. You need to do it the way they do it. So what they're saying is, states, look, you, need, you, can't, you can't infringe on a person's inherent, God-given, Second Amendment-protected right, and you kind of got to get in line with the way the other states are doing it. And in the Roe versus Wade decision, they left it completely up to the states. The Tenth Amendment, you know, the Constitution says whatever is not specifically enumerated in the U.S. Constitution. Whatever's not in there right now needs to be decided by the states. 
And then back in 1973, when I think when the Roe versus Wade decision was decided by the Supreme Court, they stretched a lot and they stretched a whole lot. And it was not in the Constitution. They fabricated a way to make it in the Constitution. And basically what was just decided was that was a wrong decision. And I don't believe that what was decided was a ban on abortion. Of course, I'm a Christian. You guys know that. So I'm pro-life, 100%. That's me. I would never condone an abortion for any reason. That's my hardcore. I'm I'm a strong conservative, and I'm a strong Christian conservative, and some of you are probably not going to like it. Well, if you stop listening to me because of what I just said, oh well. You know, uh, God's law is far more important to me than any law that man makes. And so if I lose listeners because of it, so be it. I don't really think I'm going to lose all that many, if any. But I just wanted to throw that out there. So I'm not going to condone it. I just think that it was a good decision to leave it up to the states. And not just with this issue, but with a lot of issues. It's up to the states. You know, and it should be up to the states with concealed carry. And pretty much that's kind of the way it is right now. And look, look how many states now we've got that are constitutional carry states that have made it easier for us to exercise our Second Amendment rights, defend ourselves, and also defend ourselves from tyranny. Let's not forget that the Second Amendment is there so that we can stand up to an out-of-control government. And I don't care if it's your federal government, your city government, your state government, out-of-control law enforcement. This is what the Second Amendment is is about so that you can defend yourself and stand up to that and repel that and say, no, we are the people, we have the power, and you, government, cannot abuse that power. If you like what you hear on this show, and, and I help you in some way, and and uh, it's something that you appreciate, please consider supporting me. Uh, I have a Patreon account. You can support me on Patreon for as little as three bucks a month, and there's good podcasts. And uh, I'm sorry I haven't gotten the most recent video posted, but I will. I'll be posting that very soon. Uh, some footage from the class that Ben and I taught our Beyond Concealed Carry self-defense class. You'll be able to see some of that. If you're a Patreon member, check them out. Patreon.com slash handgunworld. A link will be in the show notes. It's really easy to do, and I would very much appreciate your support. Take care of my sponsors. Please, if you need a good appendix carry holster or you need a good strong side holster, check out either keepersconcealment.com or concealmentsolutions.com. Dot com and I thank you very much for listening. Remember, shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I'll talk to you again real soon. Goodbye. He was looking for the place called the whole folks. Gonna get a big dish of beef chow man. around.
Mutilated late last night Werewolves of London again 